This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> In fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. $30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, 0% APR. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Hardwood Knox podcast. It is also the first solo podcast that the Hardwood Knox crew will be doing. We will probably be giving you more of these as time goes on in an effort to just talk with you more. You know, we know you guys love us. Uh, If you're looking for an update on Adam and Andy, who will not be with us today, I believe Andy is traveling, and my guess for Adam would be that he is climbing rocks somewhere. Um, so you're stuck with me, Dampa Valley. Uh, I'm going to take you along for a ride as we talk about the Carmelo Anthony trade rumors that bubbled to the surface on Friday night just just before the NBA's um, Rising Stars Challenge to really one of the events that kicks off All-Star Weekend. The initial report came from Frank Gazzola of the New York Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Daily News. Um, it was a talk about Mello potentially being traded to Cleveland. I'm just going to read you uh, a quick two paragraphs from it so you understand the baseline of what was going on. The Daily News has learned that the Boston Celtics and Cleveland Cavaliers have discussed a blockbuster trade centered around Kevin Love. There were preliminary discussions with the Knicks about expanding the deal to include Anthony, who would have to waive his no-trade clause in order to facilitate a deal to the Cavs. The Knicks would receive draft picks and players in return. One of those players is believed to be Timothy Mozgov, who five years ago was traded by the Knicks to Denver in the Anthony deal. Izola goes on to note that the talks have not progressed 
Um, Anthony reiterated on Friday that he wasn't seeking a trade, but he was kind of cryptic in some of his responses to reporters when asked about his future, um, saying, I'm pretty sure I'll have that conversation with myself and my family and my team, but it's not a conversation for right now. Again, he has a no-trade clause, can veto any deal. If we're trying to read between the lines here, since it doesn't look like the Knicks in this hypothetical trade would be getting back a ton of players, it would be reasonable to assume one of the picks that Boston is sending the Knicks would be that 2016 unprotected Brooklyn Nets draft pick. And then you figure maybe David Lee is going back to New York to help um, salaries match, and that would make total sense. And it's a deal that the Knicks would be intrigued by, it's not a deal that's going to happen. So let's just sort of get that out of the way. It would be pretty short-sighted of the Cavaliers to want to take on a 31-year-old Anthony who you know has a surgically repaired knee now and in the process give up Kevin Love, who is dealing with some shoulder issues at the moment, but you know he's not that old. He is um, only 27. So that would be sort of... Bizarre. Maybe if the Celtics were sending someone else back to their roster, uh, Jay Crowder would be a great fit for Cleveland. I still have no idea why Boston would do that deal then, because you're giving up uh, what could wind up being a, a top three pick, because the Nets, um, as of now, are in play for the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. Uh, they have the third worst record in the NBA, and they're only 3.5 games in front of the Lakers, uh, so that's something to watch. But they will have one of the five worst records in the league. So if you're the Celtics, why are you taking the risk for Kevin Love? You're also the third best team in the Eastern Conference already. He doesn't add much to your defensive identity. Uh, you and the Golden State Warriors are the only two teams to enter the All-Star break, ranking in the top 10 of offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, and pace. So a, a lot of that stuff just doesn't make sense there. And then we have the normal denials. Um, LeBron just came straight out and said uh, that the rumors about Kevin Love were, were false. The New York Post said that, uh, that there's really nothing to the initial report of the Anthony Cleveland blockbuster. Anthony went on Sirius XM NBA radio and said there's always some trade bleep going. I don't pay attention to those rumors. I'm not going anywhere. And again, he has no trade clause, so he can say that. Uh, Anthony also said, it sucks. I'm tired of these rumors. So, so we have all these quotes. It's, it's not going to happen. It was always a long shot to begin with. But it brings us back to an issue that has existed since really Anthony signed his deal to, re to return to the New York Knicks in 2014. A lot of people thought that he was going to join a contender like the Chicago Bulls or the Houston Rockets uh, where he would have a longer title window, but he returned to New York. And even then, the thought process was that he just wanted to get his five-year deal uh, that includes an early termination option before the 2018-2019 season get that money, and then broker a trade having the control that he has with that no-trade clause and really just pick his destination. Again, this is all something that the Knicks will evaluate, I'm sure. It's going to be an ongoing process. It doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs this season, and that's all something to factor in. So we asked the people um, on Twitter if they thought the Knicks should trade Anthony. That's the question we're dealing with today. We got a couple hundred votes, so we thank you guys for that. 67%, so an overwhelming majority of people said the Knicks should trade Carmelo Anthony. 19% said no, and 14% said ask me this summer. 
the issue here is that trading Melo is not so cut and dry as saying the Knicks have this 20-year-old prodigy in Kristaps Porzingis. Now it's really time for them to commit to this rebuild. At best, they're going to be stuck in the middle with Anthony, and that's not going to help their draft pick next season or the season after that, depending on how well he plays. And on the flip side, you have an over-30 superstar who's now prone to injury. His value isn't necessarily going to go up from here. His appeal on the trade market has arguably never been higher because of the style of basketball he's playing now. He's more engaged on the defensive end. Uh, he's passing a lot more. He's really taking Kristaps Porzingis under his wing. There would be a lot of teams that I would think would have some semblance of interest in Anthony. The other aspect is his deal, which has been used partly to argue why he shouldn't be a part of the Knicks going forward because he has all this money owed to him. His deal isn't going to look as bad once the salary cap rises this summer you know so let's say the cap hits 90 million dollars going into next season anthony's going to account for 27.2 percent of the cap with his 24.5 million dollar salary that percentage is only going to go down um, in the fourth year of his deal and depending on what happens with the cap ahead of 2018 2019 and depending on what happens with his early termination option that he could count for even an even less percentage of the team's salary room. So it won't look as bad because he's not signing a new deal in the salary in the new salary cap climate anytime soon. You also have to wonder, is he even really under contract for three seasons after this? He's definitely going to play out the next two, but he has that early termination option worth $27.9 million in the final season of his deal. And at that point, when he's going to be going on 35 or thinking about his 35th birthday you could maybe see him opting in just to get that money but maybe he goes out and tries to get one last long-term contract something that maybe doesn't pay him as much annually but will pay him more over the course of three or four years so it's not like the Knicks are married to him for that long and when you know how much of an interest he has taken in Kristaps Porzingis it would seem weird to, to break up that dynamic now, especially when there's no incentive to necessarily trading Anthony now unless you get a monster offer like that Boston one. And again, a proposal like that is not going to exist. The Knicks at best at this point in Anthony's career, before the salary cap explodes and before teams know what's happening with Kevin Durant and free agency, they're going to get spare parts and maybe a couple of mid-end draft picks. Is that enough to give up on Anthony? You don't own your first rounder this year. So you have an incentive to win as much as possible now, even if you don't make the playoffs, just so you're not giving away a top 10 pick or a top 7 pick or anything like that. The other thing here is free agency. The Knicks are more attractive because they have Kristaps Porzingis, but teams in general are more attractive because they have a foundation and they're good. We saw with the Knicks in 2010 that they couldn't reel in the big names like LeBron James or Chris Bosh, or Dwayne Wade, or any of those guys, because they didn't have anything in place. They were bare bones because they tried to create all this room to go after those guys. And the same thing happened this year. Yes, you had Melo in place, but no one knew what Kristaps Porzingis was before his rookie season started. So the Knicks couldn't even get guys like Greg Monroe, those sort of, those sort of fringe stars. But now you have a foundation in place of good basketball players 
with Kristaps Porzingis, and it looks like he's destined for megastardom. You have Anthony, who has shown that he's more willing to play a complementary game in that he will function as a catch-and-shoot specialist. Uh, he will pass the ball, so that, so that will work out for another superstar comrade. This really isn't to say, though, that the Knicks have to place all their chips in free agency. They shouldn't. Again, we've seen them get burned by this before. The New York market no longer sells because players know a player knows that he can be popular in any size market at this point, whether it's Los Angeles and New York or Oklahoma City and even San Antonio, as we saw really LaMarcus Aldridge go there last offseason. What matters more is that you're in a position to do something great, and the Knicks have a better chance of getting there faster with Carmelo than they do without him. If they were looking to rebuild through the draft, then yes, it makes sense to move him. But they've never given any indication that's their intent, especially now when they don't have this year's draft pick. And we're, we say that they should just trade Carmelo Anthony like it's a no-brainer. And for the record, I'm all for moving Melo if the right offer comes along. But you're so limited in the offers that you're going to get because he can veto any potential deal. This rumored Boston-Cleveland trade that is incredibly unrealistic is probably the only type of deal that the Knicks should consider moving Melo for now. He is still a star when he's healthy. He can still be a plus to this team for the next three to four years for the life of his deal. It just doesn't make sense to give up on him that quickly without getting a monster offer in return. And if you're reaching the point where you want to rebuild through the draft and you know that you have all your own draft picks after this summer, then this is an issue you revisit in the offseason. You talk to Melo about it, presumably after he's missed the playoffs for a third straight year, and you see if you can work something out so that you build from the ground up once again that way. But Right now, again, it just doesn't make sense to do that because you can't build from the ground up. If you're not going to get an offer like this rumored Cleveland-Boston one, what are you going to get? Is Houston going to put together some mid-end first-rounders and just some expiring or, or just low-end deals? That's just that's not something. And expiring deals are only valuable to the Knicks if, if they plan on really being free agency aggressors more than they already are. And it's hard to be that free agency aggressor when, again, you don't have mellow. So we're sort of circling back to the same issue where people want to make it cut and dry, but the no trade clause in Carmelo Anthony's contract means the Knicks can really only trade him under a specific set of circumstances, and they have to weigh those circumstances against what makes sense for them to get back in return. That's really the biggest issue here then, and, and it's the biggest issue for me for people that try to paint this situation as black and white or a no-brainer. In some of our responses even on Twitter that we got from that poll, uh, my favorite one, of course, was yes, they should trade him because Toronto needs that draft pick to move up, and that was from Maple Jordan at the six, the number six IX man. But more seriously, you have Artie Blackwell at Artie being Artie tweets at us, you're going nowhere with him, he's only been out of the first round two or three times, move on. Uh, we have from Adam Arena at BKLYNGM, no-brainer, win-win. Melo deserves a chance to win deep in playoffs. New York Knicks need draft picks and young talent. And then uh, at Hayden Wheel, uh, apologize if I'm butchering his name. He's at my name, no treks, okay? Said yes because I saw a reasonable trade that gave the Cavs Crowder too. It's the best shot we have at a good finals. 
that was really more from Cleveland's perspective to give them a chance against the Warriors or Spurs, so that's a separate issue entirely. But what draft picks and young talent are the Knicks getting for Carmelo Anthony? What are they getting, and where can you trade him to then? What destinations will he reasonably accept a trade to? I'm not even entirely sure if he would waive his no-trade clause to go to Cleveland because it's Cleveland. You had the media reports uh, around his free agency that even said part of the reason he remained in New York was that his family was comfortable there, his son was comfortable in the school system, and all of a sudden you're going to uproot them and go to Cleveland? That, that just doesn't seem possible. LeBron has that mystique, he has that appeal, so maybe, but I wouldn't be totally sold on it. Until Melo actually waived that no-trade clause to go play with LeBron in Cleveland, I have my... I have my reserves about that actually happening. So you're, you're limited to these other situations and these other markets or, or destinations where Melo might want to go. Um, would he be willing to go to Boston if Boston was looking to get him? Possibly. Uh, would he be willing to go to the Clippers? Absolutely. But how are the Knicks supposed to get young talent and picks from the Clippers who don't have high-end picks or any good young talent? The hypothetical scenario of getting Blake Griffin for Carmelo Anthony is nice in theory because Griffin is only 26. He would be a pretty good fit for the triangle, but why would the Clippers do that? They may be better off without Blake Griffin in the long run. That's a subject that's been broached since he hasn't played since Christmas and just recently fractured his right hand while punching the team's assistant equipment manager. That's an issue to be talked about. But why are you giving him up for the 31-year-old Anthony? We can say that, yes, he will be productive throughout the entirety of his deal. But are the Knicks supposed to give you some of their future draft picks with Melo to get a player who is younger with more upside than Melo, who is already better than Melo overall? That seems counterintuitive to what they're supposed to be doing, which is getting young prospects and picks. They can't give them away. Another destination we'd go to would be the Lakers, but are the Lakers, after with Kobe Bryant retiring after this season, they're not going to entertain the idea of trading whomever they draft with the top three pick they should be allowed to keep this year or entertain trading D'Angelo Russell. And they also have cap space themselves. They can get younger and better immediately without having to go all in on a move like that for Carmelo Anthony. From his side, why would he want to go to the Lakers? They're not in any position to win. They're not going to win anytime soon. Uh, pipe dream destinations would be the Miami Heat. Maybe he agrees to go there because Pat Riley has always managed to get the Heat involved in lucrative free agency talks. But who are they giving the Knicks? Yes, there's just these Winslow. But do the Knicks want Goran Dragic and the final four years on his $90 million deal? No, they shouldn't. They need a point guard, but Dragic hasn't been playing well this year. Uh, he's older himself. He's on the wrong side of 30. That runs counterproductive. Where are you going to send him that you're going to get these picks? It's not coming from the Bulls. Yes, they have Sacramento's top 10 pick this year that Sacramento may end up keeping again, it looks like. But, but what are they going to package that with? Joakim Noah's expiring contract, Taj Gibson, who is no long-term solution to anything, uh, Nikola Mirotic, I don't know if they'd be willing to give him up, Doug McDermott, none of these guys are either realistic to get or, in the case of, let's say, McDermott, are those high-end prospects that you absolutely want 
in exchange for Anthony. If you're going to sell low, and in all likelihood, if and when you do move Melo, you're going to have to sell low, do it over the offseason. Again, his value isn't going to have cratered. Unless he gets seriously injured between now and the end of the season, we're still going to be looking at largely the same player. He's not going to be that much older. More than half of this season is in the books anyway, so there's no team that can really acquire him under the guise that, hey, he's going to give us that final championship oomph. Remember, you have the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors, and to a lesser extent, the Oklahoma City Thunder, all operating on a different plane than any other team in the league. So maybe you send Melo to Cleveland, and that might boost the Cavaliers' chances, because we're going to assume they'll get more than Melo uh, from the Knicks and Celtics combined. But where else is he going to go that transforms them into a contender this season? There is nowhere. And if you're not going to win a title this season, for any interested suitors, it's best to wait until the offseason after you've seen the free agency dominoes fall. Once you know what Kevin Durant is doing, what Mike Conley is doing, you don't want to jeopardize the cap space that you're most likely going to have since most of the teams will have a bunch of wiggle room this summer for Anthony. His deal will look better as time goes on and the cap jumps, but you don't want to have to absorb it before you have to. And and from the Knicks' part, and Bobby Marks of the Vertical uh, pointed this out, is he's going to have a trade kicker anyway. So there's that to consider from New York's end also. If the right deal comes along, and we can't say this enough, you absolutely move Carmelo because the Knicks aren't a young team. I know Derek Fisher said that before he was fired. They're a developing team, but they're not young. You have these veterans in Melo and Calderon and Offalo. You only look like you're young because you have Kristaps Porzingis. That's the only reason why you might present this illusion that you're young. You also have Robin Lopez under contract for another three years after this season. So when the surrounding makeup of your roster looks like that with other veterans, why is it so bad to keep Anthony and try to win with him? If it doesn't work out, you can always revisit these trade talks and you're not going to get much less because you're not going to get much to begin with. It's fascinating from a Knicks fan perspective, from a Knicks from a Knicks player's perspective, from a Knicks general manager Steve Mills' perspective, from Phil Jackson's perspective, to have that chance at getting what could end up being a top three draft pick, you're not going to get that. The Celtics would be crazy in my mind to do that for Kevin Love. I'm not entirely unconvinced that Boston's president, Danny Ainge, didn't let this leak so that maybe he could for some other teams that Boston is talking to to expedite their deals. The Celtics have been linked to Al Horford of the Atlanta Hawks, and Atlanta right now seems to be struggling with whether to decide to break it up, to blow up their roster or not this season. So this could be just a tactic from there, just just posturing on their behalf by letting this rumor out. You're not going to get what you need for trading Melo if you're the Knicks right now. And it might seem different if you had your draft pick this summer. And that's really what it comes back to for me. And if you're still planning on rebuilding through free agency. It's been a pipe dream for a while. You are, to an extent, putting your chips in the same pot that has burned you in years past. But you're going to put some of your chips in there anyway. You're still going to try and be aggressive in free agency. Mellow is a better sales pitch than anyone 
you have. I don't think that incumbent superstars, let's use Kevin Durant as an example in 2016 or Russell Westbrook in 2017, I don't necessarily think they're going to look at the Knicks roster and really be intrigued by it just because of Kristaps Porzingis. They might find him intriguing. They might think that he is going to be a future superstar. But do they want to wait for him to develop into that? And also, we saw this a little bit in 2010 when the Knicks had guys like Wilson Chandler and Daniil Gallinari already on the roster. Timothy Mozgov was also on the roster. That didn't get the big-name free agents to come. Why would one player, even if he projects to be this transcendent type of talent, why would he be enough to draw in an incumbent superstar when he hasn't proved anything? Melo can help Kristaps Porzingis draw in that superstar. The Knicks, in a way, can offer the best of both worlds to a guy like Durant or Westbrook in 2017. At that time, they'll have been in the, the league almost a decade. They'll be at that point where they're still megastars, still perennial all-stars, still at the top of their game and want to compete now. And that's where Melo comes in. But they also have to start thinking about the next five years down the line when they're going to be well into their 30s, not physically able to shoulder as heavy a load. They're going to need someone who is going to be around who will be in his prime to help them. And maybe not only help them, but leapfrog them in status and importance and in role where they can transition into being more secondary scorers or secondary stars. And that's where Kristaps Porzingis would come in. No, it's not the perfect sales pitch. And again, once the Knicks are able to move forward knowing that we have our first round picks, if this is this is how we want to rebuild, then that's fine. But that's when you look to move Melo. You have to give this free agency thing one more shot in my mind. And Melo seems to be thinking along the same lines. I could envision his tenure with the Knicks coming into serious, legitimate doubt after free agency is mostly over. All the biggest names have fallen where they will lie, sign their new contracts. Then I could see him having a talk with the Knicks if they haven't substantially improved the roster. And then that's when you move forward. But you owe it to yourself to give this free agency thing one more shot because you're already invested in it. You've already signed Robin Lopez long-term. You know you haven't dumped Jose Calderon yet. He still has one year left on his deal. Aaron Oflalo has a player option for next season. He will probably opt out and get a bigger deal. Will he resign with the Knicks? That would give you even more of an incentive to try and win now. The Knicks have a few young guys who they can just say, hey, we want to move forward with, and this is going to be the core of our team. You Immediately you have Kristaps Porzingis, and then you go over and you have Langston Galloway, and you have Lance Thomas, who will also be free agents at the end of this year. One or both of them could price themselves out of the Knicks' range uh, because of the early bird rights rule. Uh, Lance Thomas would be the one that's more likely to leave. But you can still, maybe you keep both of them, and then that's your young core. And you throw in the fact that you have Kyle O'Quinn, who's only 25, but he's not playing too much right now. And you have Jaron Grant, who's 23 and isn't getting a lot of burn or spin himself. You have those four guys, let's say. You have Grant. You have Galloway, you have Thomas, you have Kristaps Porzingis. That's your foundation if you want to be this team that just rebuilds from the ground up. Is that good enough? It's not. 
Kristaps Porzingis is one transcendent player, one potential superstar. The other three are not. They're solid role guys who can help a good team. We've seen that specifically from Langston Galloway this season with the way he's thriving as a catch-and-shoot specialist. We've seen it from Lance Thomas with the way he's been shooting for most of the season. He was in a little bit of a slump, perhaps due to injuries, toward the tail end of the All-Star break. And then you can bet on Jaron Grant turning into something, maybe. He is not a good triangle point guard because he doesn't function too well off the ball. But if the Knicks are willing to make room for extra pick-and-rolls or extra rim attacks, then yes, he can help you. But but that's it. You know, you, you haven't seen anything from Clay Anthony Early, who is still injured. And you don't have all these other picks in your arsenal. Melo isn't going to get you all those picks. So we've now really just bandied about and ended up where we started. It's not an issue of yes or no to me. And it's just not an issue of yes or no in general. If a deal like the one with Boston and Cleveland came along where you can get a pick that's guaranteed to be in the top five, you pull the trigger. If it doesn't exist, it makes more sense right now through the rest of this season to keep mellow and then move forward from there. And even then, with Kristaps Porzingis, years ahead of schedule, you can make the case that it's better to be good and hope you hit lightning in a bottle in one of the upcoming free agencies. That's really your best bet if if you can't get those mid-end picks leading into next season or if you're just not ready to give up Melo for such a modest package because of his no-trade clause and where he wants to go. So that's really it at this point. That's where the Knicks are at. That's the situation. They've dealt themselves by keeping Melo, by giving him this no-trade clause by tethering their rebuild to this over-30 superstar and then winding up with a guy in Kristaps Porzingis who is so far ahead of schedule and so good that he might force you to move off that stance of we need to do this through free agency. But you can't move entirely away from that until you give it one last shot because you've already started down that path. And Porzingis in that way is a complement to that direction. He has made your free agency approach that much better because he himself is immediately appealing when he wasn't supposed to be. So with that in mind, all of that being said, it would mean that it's time for bacon, bacon, where's the bacon? I smell bacon, 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 gotta be bacon, only one thing smells like bacon, that's bacon! Yes, that's right, it is time for a solo Burns My Bacon. You've already listened to me talk for... 25 plus minutes, so I'm going to make this short and sweet. And I'm going to talk about Stephen Curry. Um, recently, Charles Barkley made some comments uh, about him being mostly a shooter still, even though we know that not to be true. Uh, we've had Mark Jackson talk about on air with ESPN how Stephen Curry could potentially be ruining the game by paving a path for kids to turn into these uninhibited gunners who shoot from wherever and whenever. Colin Cowherd over at Fox Sports towed along the same lines when he said watching in summation, he basically implied that watching the Warriors is not like watching basketball. Some of his takes were a bit factually incorrect. He used ball movement as an example of why they aren't a fun team to watch really or an amusing team, and they move the ball better than anyone else in the NBA, pretty much. Stephen Curry is an all-time great. 
he's on that path. We need to acknowledge that. He is more than just a shooter. He is the most valuable player in the league right now. He has taken his biggest strength, which is his shooting, and built an entire foundation of skills around it from his ball handling to the way he gets to the rim to his floaters in the lane he's just one of the most efficient players overall we, we've seen him get a little sloppy with turnovers in the past but he can ostensibly get those under control when he really focuses on it he is an all-around superstar and, and no he's not going to be this tenacious defender but he's not necessarily a negative on that end of the floor either you don't have to stash him every game when you're going up against quick or strong point guards he can hold his own on that end and I find it so bizarre that we can't accept this yet. And I think it's perhaps because that the threat of Stephen Curry's shooting is more valuable to the Warriors, just the threat, than any one player in the NBA is to their team in general. Because the threat, the idea of Stephen Curry changes the way teams defend, and it allows him to pump fake and drive to the rim. It allows him to get into the lane and fling passes uh, to the perimeter for Golden State's orbiting shooters. It allows Draymond Green to get in the paint and not all the time face these double and triple teams because guys are still so scared to leave Curry open on the perimeter. It allows the Warriors to, to force other defenders off other players on to Draymond Green when he does collapse defenses because those guys still don't want to leave Steph. Curry is a phenomenal basketball player. He's going to go down as one of the best in NBA history. I believe Doc Rivers said something along these lines when he was doing a special five-on-five with ESPN.com where he said that with what Stephen Curry is doing now and the ground he is carving out, the career arc he is mapping out, he could go down as one of the five best players ever. You can't say that right now with absolute assuredness, but it's funny that you can't really call it crazy. It's possible because Stephen Curry is that good he has taken advantage of the game today. He has helped reinvent the game today. He's a phenomenal all-around basketball player. And I think it's time we finally, once and for all, just let the Steph is only a shooter narratives die or stop looking for reasons not to appreciate everything he does outside of his shooting. That will do it for this first solo edition of the Hardwood Knox podcast. Um, if you want to talk to me about my thoughts on Mello, you can get at me on Twitter at Dan Favale. That's D-A-N-F-A-V-A-L-E. You can hit up Andy Bailey at Andrew D. Bailey. It's spelt like it sound. sounds. excuse me. And you can hit Adam Formel at Frommel09. That's F-R-O-M-A-L-09. I will not be giving a shout-out to Benno Udry. Mentioning his name is enough because I'm not all about that. So I will leave you with that, everyone, and we will see you next time. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like those perfect portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. And how emojis now turn every FaceTime with the kids into fun time. <laughs> in fact, the only thing you'll love more than your iPhone XR is getting it included in the price when you get an unlimited plan. That's right. Get both unlimited and iPhone XR included for just 40 bucks a month. Sure, you can get unlimited somewhere else. But for the same price at T-Mobile, you get unlimited and iPhone XR. Join today and get iPhone XR included with your unlimited plan for just 40 bucks a line for four new lines. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. 
$30 for essentials plus $10 for iPhone XR with auto pay and qualifying trade-ins via 36 bill credits. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using more than 50 gigs per month. Video at 480p for well-qualified buyers plus taxes and fees. Contact us before canceling or remaining balances due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. Zero down plus $20.84 per month for 36 months. Full price $749.99, APR. Skydiving. This is amazing. Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port-in of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.